Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning. For Every Day is Earth Day today, we are talking about e-bikes. And we have with us this morning Bill Clem, who is the eBliss CEO e-bike developer. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Thanks very much for having me. Well, you know, I am fascinated with e-bikes. I don't have one, but I have seen them around town. And in Minnesota, some people, including me, think, well, I don't know if an e-bike could work because we get so cold and that sort of thing, and maybe it wouldn't work in the winter. But Mm. what do you do? You are a developer, so do you design them as well and... Yeah, absolutely. So we've so I have been in the automotive industry for 35 years. So I've been around the car business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we have been, what we have created is we are designed from the ground up e-bikes. So these are not bikes you buy at Walmart that you put an electric motor on. Nothing nothing bad about those, but they're not really a piece of transportation equipment. They aren't engineered and designed for consumers to use in all weather. They're not all UL listed. They're, they don't have the safety systems. So we design and build purpose-built Generation 3 e-bikes, and we are beginning to retail these as we speak through the automotive dealerships across the country. Really? So are you working with any particular one, Ford, Toyota, any? Uh, you know what? We're, we are an equal opportunity. So we're working. There's 17,000 auto dealers in America. Mm-hmm. Auto dealers see 2.3 million consumers a day who spend money at automotive dealerships. It is the largest transportation retail organization in the world um, and also the best financed. So we are uh, we have partnered with auto dealers. We have over 400 auto dealers that have raised their hand. Oh. Um, and this and this weekend, we're going to be at the National Automobile Dealers Association in Las Vegas meeting with our new clients. So I am leaving Austin, Texas tomorrow morning in a van filled with e-bikes and driving to Las Vegas. Let's talk a little bit about these third generation e-bikes that you mentioned that you, you deal with. You can get a bike at like a Walmart, you can add a motor to it. And I know people who have done that kind of build build your own sort of sure. thing. So these are created like an actual car where you would go to the dealership and buy this as an yes. entire unit then. Correct. So each of our units comes with a serial number. So similar to a car comes with a VIN, vehicle identification number. We track and trace every component that goes into the bike. We know when it was built. We know who built it. We, we have what's called full traceability on our bikes. And then we design them, lifetime warranty on the frame, two years on the rest of the bike, I call tip to tail. So we design these so consumers don't have to worry about maintenance. So what I've told as the design spec for our designers is that these bikes, one, the only maintenance that I would like to see on these bikes are brake pads and tires so they don't have chains. They don't have derailers. They have belts. They have internally geared transmissions, solid state, uh, push button, batteries all, are all inside the bike. We want the consumer to have an experience of enjoying the bike, not an experience of having to do maintenance. So that's how we think about them. We design them here in the United States. We source them globally. And we make a lot of bikes in Europe. Uh, we make some bikes in Asia. So we, we source our bikes from all around the world. 
So are your bikes currently on the market then, or is this rather new? So we do sell them today. So you can go on our website, Eblis Global, and you can go you can go see our bikes. So we also have a brand. The auto dealership brand is called Always. So hmm. we think about bikes should always be available, and we think about bikes should always be safe. Each one of our bikes is sold with a helmet and a lock and a GPS tracker. So we want consumers not to worry about that, and we want to promote as much as we can safety around consumer behavior. Talk about how are these different than your regular bike, other than the fact that they're electric with with this motor so how are they stronger are they their tires last longer i mean what is different so one of the things so if you look at a bike you know they a lot of them have chains 95 99 percent of them have chains chain starts to rust four hours after you take it out of the box oh so people don't realize that when the chain rusts then the there's lots of inefficiency in the system uh, most bikes have what are called derailers, which have been around for mm-hmm. almost 100 years now. And derailers are used to change gears. They have lots of components on them, and they always require maintenance. So ours don't have any of that. Most bikes have mechanical braking systems, so they have to be adjusted with cables. Ours are all hydraulic. Oh. We use disc brakes on everything that we do. We have created a vehicle, and then we have literally engineered the vehicle so it will last the useful life with the, what we believe a consumer would, would be able to use it. So 20, 30, 40,000 miles is what we want to make sure our bikes are useful for. So we design and engineer these bikes extremely robustly. Again, we try and put ourselves in our consumers' hands and our in their minds by, by designing these systems. So it's the same bike that I want my family to ride. That's the bike that I want to put under, you know, in, in every consumer's hands. About horsepower, I mean, are these more powerful than your average bike in terms yeah, of being so, in so, traffic? Absolutely. So these bikes, there are rules for all bikes sold in, uh, e-bikes sold in America. So the bike can only have power assist, 28 miles an hour. So when you're pedaling, it will assist you to 28 miles an hour. And our bikes have a throttle that will take you to 20 miles an hour with just a throttle and no pedaling. So all those are the, what is the government regulation, and we live by the government regulations. The most powerful motor that we have today on bikes are a 750-watt motor, which isn't a ton of horsepower. But again, you're not looking for a lot of horsepower. You want the consumer to experience. So one of the things I've told the designers is this bike needs to feel like the hand of God is pushing you along and not that people who aren't religious may, you know, whatever with that. But I think about this, our bikes are designed with that consumer in mind for how they want to feel when they get on there. This is about an experience, right? This is about consumers and how they experience how these things come on. It needs to feel natural, but then also it needs to give the consumer, you know, a lift, right? We want to help them to be able to get to wherever they would like to get to. So one of the other things that's interesting right now in America, and I'll talk about Minnesota in particular, but there's 119 million rides in an automobile every single day. So 400 million people, 119 million times a day get into a car, and of that, 29 million of those are rides less than one mile. Hmm. So one of the things that we talk about in the business is we want to own the mile. Auto dealers are seeing an incredible increase in the average price of a new vehicle to a consumer. It's now almost $50,000. 
five years ago was $29,000. So cars are becoming remarkably unaffordable to the consumer. And in addition to that, consumers are, are now driving less. They want to live in that 15-minute lifestyle zone, that one-mile radius. So we want to help the consumer with an option to be able to own that one mile. Interesting. Okay, so how far, how long can it go? I mean, you're talking about miles, so could you, sure. I go to St. Peter, which is 15 miles down the road, for example. Absolutely. So our bikes will range, again, depending upon how much power you put on them, we have a one through five power assist. So you can get 50, 70, we have a bike that'll go 120 miles on a charge. Hmm. So again, we engineered those specific elements to be able to have those bikes go those distances for that period of time and to do them worry-free. Super important to us that the consumer has confidence in the product. I call it a vehicle. In the vehicle that we put under them, we want to make sure that consumer has unquestionable confidence. How about comfort? I'm sometimes riding a bike can get kind of <laughs> sore riding on your bike and that sort of thing. Are they? Great question. <laughs> Great question. So I launched, I had a transmission that we took into the bike business and we launched it in Europe. And when I was in Holland and we were launching, the, the Dutch are the largest bicycle population per capita anywhere in the world. So we learned a lot launching products there. We went into a thousand consumers' homes and we asked them. We sat down and interviewed them, a thousand families. Tell me what are the three things you want on your bike? First thing they want is a high quality touch point, which includes a high quality seat. The seat itself needs to be of quality, but it's not just the seat, it's the touch points. So it's where you touch the bike on the handlebars. It's what you feel in the bike cockpit. We engineer those things so consumers feel comfortable riding that mile, that five mile. By the way, of the 119 million rides, 43% of those rides are less than seven miles. So as we think about that, we want to be able to get those consumers feeling comfortable for those one to seven mile rides. And what's the other two things that they ask for? You said comfort. Oh, I'm sorry. I point. said three. I apologize. I yeah. got distracted. So the other two <laughs> things that they want is they want a quiet drivetrain. So they don't want noises coming from behind them, behind them and underneath them. So they don't want to have what the Dutch call it door trapping where the gears with the chains going across the gears and making a noise. Mm -hmm. The third thing they want is lack of maintenance. They don't want to have to take the bike in for maintenance service. They want to make sure that the bike is held together and they don't have to go in for normal standard maintenance. So those are the three things that we live by when we design, engineer, build, and supply, and then support our customers. That's how we drive the business. I know some of the folks complain because of the e-bike battery fires that have been an issue, and yeah, I don't I don't recognize how much that is a, a factor because I'm not around them, but apparently <laughs> in reading some things it says that is a problem. So let me tell you the battery story. So years ago, some of the online retailers, specifically Amazon and some, uh, some other companies, petitioned the Federal Trade Commission to get an exemption for inspecting incoming goods. And one of the exemptions that they received are for goods under $800, don't have to go through these kinds of uh, scrutiny and inspections. So with that, so batteries fall in that line. So inexpensive batteries have been propagated across the United States because the Asian manufacturers can get away with it. 
so those batteries aren't UL listed. They aren't CE certified, which is certified EU, and there is no quality specifications for those bikes. So as a result, the bikes coming into the U.S. and these batteries are not of substance quality, and so you have, you have problems. So the battery management system, which is what controls the battery discharging and charging, those BMSs do not know how to behave with these very inexpensive batteries. The second thing you have that's been going on are people going on YouTube, and, are, and as they use the batteries for a while, individual cells, these things look like little flashlight, you know, mm-hmm. AA battery cells. So some of these cells will go bad, but the rest of the battery pack is fine. And so people go on YouTube and they take these things apart and they try and adjust and find those bad cells and replace them while the bike is plugged in. This is not a good idea. As a matter of fact, it is a horrible idea. And when you look at the reasons for the fires in New York City and in London, it was one, uncontrolled batteries that were not certified by anyone and in this $800 exception. And two, people were taking them apart and trying to fix the batteries while the the battery charger was physically charged or plugged in. Very, very, very dangerous behavior. I have been to 30 battery factories across Asia, which is where most batteries come from. And the ones that I go to are incredibly high quality. It's LG, it's LG, Samsung, and some of these other very large makers of battery cells. And these guys make, and their clean rooms and the things that they have to be able to put these batteries together are extremely, what I would call, safe. And so the batteries are in a very controlled environment. The batteries I spoke about earlier that were, that were much less expensive, those things are put together in a garage, in not a clean environment, not a controlled environment, and the consumers are buying a very suspect quality thing. And when you look at an e-bike, uh, probably the three drivers of cost of an e-bike are the frame and system, and then the, then the battery and the motor. Those are the big drivers of cost. And so a lot of manufacturers very much skimp on the cost and quality of the battery, and the consumer pays the price. And, you know, we wrote, we wrote and published a white paper about this some time ago just because we, we want to take a stand to say consumers should be notified when the batteries and the systems on the vehicles that they're buying do not meet the UL or CE certification and that's just not acceptable to us. How do you know that, though, if you're a consumer? I mean, you just you just want an electric bike, so you, you go... You a label. Okay, so you're looking for specifically for a label. Yeah, and, and you want to go look on the website. You want to go see, right? And then the other thing consumers should be looking for is the range of the vehicle is defined by the size of the battery. So you want to be have the consumer actually go and check the size of the battery as it relates to what the distances are, and that will tell you, that will drive a significant amount of the investment that's required for the bike that they want to purchase. How many e-bike companies are out there? A lot? Oh, in the U.S., probably 30 to 40. Okay. When I started this, there was probably 12. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of them online that have cropped up. There's 1.8 million e-bikes sold in the United States. That's more than cars. There's more than e-cars in the U.S. Really? There's 5 million e-bikes sold in Europe. And the U.S. is quickly growing and is forecast to be beyond Europe in the next five years. Really? 
one of the things I was wondering about, how much of these weigh? Are they pretty heavy? Yeah, so it depends, right? So they were, so, so ours will range from 50 pounds to, let's call it 70 pounds mm-hmm. for a cargo and delivery bike. But we try and keep them in the 50 to 60 pound range. And again, when you look at the weight, right, the weight, a lot of the weight is in the battery. The batteries are heavy and they're expensive. And how do you charge your batteries? Do they work at car charging stations or do you have to have something special? No, just plug it into your house. Oh, okay. So what if you're going to work? Plug it in at work? Get to you, absolutely. And our batteries come with a key. You can take them out and plug them in at your desk. Oh, really? Okay. Because one of the things with the electric car vehicles is there's some chargers that are I guess huge issue. Well, yeah, and some chargers are, are more powerful that they can charge it more quickly. How long does it take to charge a battery for a bike? I would say on average it's probably three hours total end to end to get them from zero to a full charge. It's probably three hours. But you know, in general again, if you're riding a couple miles, you probably can go several days and not have to charge them. And then again you just plug them into your regular socket at home and you're you know, you're good to go. Just last week, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, announced that New York City is establishing the Department of Sustainable Delivery, and that regulates the growing number of electric bikes, scooters, mopeds, and motorbikes that make deliveries throughout the cities. And Mm -hmm. so these are called electric micromobility vehicles, which are, as you mentioned, becoming more and more popular, resulting in a lower carbon footprint. But... The uh, problem is our streets and things aren't necessarily developed for, I guess, the the safety and the ease of using these. So it sounds like Mm -hmm. that New York City is going to be start mandating that we have wider streets and make it more friendly for e-bikes. So so just I want you to just go back in history and being an automotive guy for my entire adult life. And you go back and look at the turn of the 1900s, right, as the 1900s came up and and consumers wanted cars, there was no roads, mm-hmm. right? And so as you think about it, consumer demand drives policy and drives infrastructure. So right now, consumers want a change in the way they live. They want to have these kinds of devices. They're buying them at an unprecedented pace. So now the natural thing to happen is for policy to follow consumer demand. So that is absolutely happening. We at eBliss along with a, a line of consumer moving vehicles, e-bikes, we also make cargo e-bikes. Cargo and delivery in the last mile of delivery, we believe, is one of the major opportunities to reduce the footprint of the, the carbon footprint around. Because you think about it, right? New York City is a great example. You know, how many cargo and delivery vans are sitting idling in Manhattan at any one time? Worst possible thing you can do for a vehicle is to let it sit and idle. The second worst thing to do is to drive it a mile. They're terrible for vehicles. So as you think about that, that is the most polluting time. So being able to unlock that, so I applaud Eric Adams for for taking this on. New York City in the United States is definitely the lead in cargo and delivery. And you know we're ready, willing, and able to work with that group and any other group on, on helping create the right vehicles that make sense. I can tell you that Amazon, FedEx, UPS, Canadian Post, everybody is looking to be able to, one, electrify their fleets, but the second thing they're looking for are small format delivery vehicles because it's a lot more efficient to get a cargo bike in Manhattan than it is to get a cargo van. 
How much cargo could a bike hold, though? I'm trying to picture this. Do they pull a wagon or something? So you would be shocked. A standard one of our e-bikes without extra accruedments will carry a 250-pound rider and a 500 pounds of cargo. Okay. So that's quite a bit of stuff. And, again, just think about the logistics differently. So you would place you would place some sort of a container with a bunch of packages someplace center center in uh, in Manhattan or in Brooklyn, and then the e-bikes just come and grab them and do deliveries. It's very 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 easily done. Again, the people that are doing this will be saving lots of money on doing this because it is more efficient. Consumers will be happier because they will get their packages probably faster. And it will also do it with a much less carbon footprint and much less traffic. Well, Bill, you mentioned money. How much does something like this cost? Is it going to be cost prohibitive for some people? I know you mentioned cars, of course, being like 50000 What are we looking at for an e-bike? So, again, it just it depends upon what I call is the use case and what you want to do. But some of these, you know, these bikes can go for a full-blown cargo bike. They can go seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 for, for an entry-level e-bike on one of ours. It's probably about $3,000. We will be looking to f- help the dealers finance them with the purchase of a vehicle. So include it, roll it right into the price of the car, or use it as an accessory, or offer it to the consumers, and we will have financing, or we have financing available for the consumer as well. So we will make it easy. If you really add up the price of owning one of these and using it, the maintenance costs and the downtime of having a bike that has what I would consider to be Generation 1 technology on it is going to be dramatic over ours. A couple hundred dollars a year you would need to do for service on 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 keeping that bike working on, on the road. And you as a consumer are also going to have to keep the chain oiled. You're going to have to be adjusting your brakes. You're going to have to be doing all of these things. These are the things that we want to take off the table. We want a no-excuses user experience, and that's what we've engineered and built. So, again, these are going to be relatively affordable. I'm not going to say never, but I don't see us having a super low-cost e-bike because the component level will not achieve what is the standards for us as an organization, and that is a worry-free ownership experience. And then some people would say, well, how long does a battery last and what would it cost to replace it? Because I think that's been an issue with electric vehicles. For sure. So the battery, if you look at our bikes, our batteries will last for years. So, again, it depends upon how many times you charge it and what the, you know, what the state of charge was. But you're talking about at retail between 500 and and $1,000 to replace a battery, which is the reason why I mentioned that some of these folks in New York City were taking the batteries apart to try and not have to spend that money again. You're just going to have to. Again, you don't need to put gasoline in the car, so you amortize the cost of replacing the battery over a five- or eight-year life cycle, and you probably are in pretty good shape as far as a payback. Where can I find one? Is there one in my dealer right now if I wanted to go see one? Not yet, but they're they're coming. We announced this several weeks ago, and now we are going to the largest auto dealer show in North America Tomorrow we're driving over. Oh, there. so that literally um, is the first. I, I guess I didn't oh, realize that was the re- for sure. Well, actually, we've we've been selling these things in a small in in a small retail format for the last eighteen months, just to get the supply chain put together, make sure people make sure we get the consumer feedback, and it's been fantastic. 
So some of the bikes that we do sell are actually sold under the Evoke brand, E-V-O-K-E, through Tomberlin dealerships. Tomberlin are golf cart or low-speed electric vehicle companies, and they do sell some of our bike models today to consumers, so they are available. The models that we're going to the dealers with are slightly modified, but very much similar in DNA. Will the dealers be the ones servicing them when they do need something done? Great, great question. So we will be handling the service, so everything will be handled through us. The auto dealer will just be the conduit. So if the consumer does have a question or an issue, we would just make it easy. Click on a QR code or give us a call, and we will handle the service. So we will do white glove delivery. We can deliver to the consumer's house. We can pick up the bike for service. So we will be handling that on behalf of the dealer and on behalf of the consumer. Early, you mentioned you were going to talk about how these would do in Minnesota because we do get very cold. (sighs) Yes. So when you look at Northern Europe, right, and you look at Denmark, Sweden, Northern Holland, Finland, you have minus 40 in, uh, in Fahrenheit, minus 40 in Celsius sometimes, really cold, and people ride these every day. Really? So when we when we design and build our bikes, those are the design formats that we think about. These people, I, I sold transmissions in all those places. You know, millions and millions of bikes are sold over there every year, and they ride them every single day to work. The average Dutch consumer rides 18 kilometers to and from work. They own 2.5 bikes. They change them about every three years. So again, it's it's a differentiated culture over there. But that culture is coming to the United States. Auto dealers in Europe today do retail e-bikes. And auto dealers here in the U.S. are now getting started with us. I'm just curious about safety, too, because we don't have the infrastructure yet to make them really safe. So what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? So, again, I think safety is happening. So one of the things we try and do is we do our part in our contracts with the dealers. The dealers is obligated to make sure the consumer leaves with a helmet and a bike lock as well as a you-can-find-it tab inside the bike. So those are the safety items that we have. We are seeing enormous amounts of investments in local communities and bike lanes and like New York City, right? That leadership is now infecting the rest of the country. By the way, little-known fact, Minneapolis is one of the fastest-growing e-bike locations in the country. Really? So Minneapolis, absolutely. Hmm. Minneapolis-St. Paul is seeing an unprecedented growth in e-bikes. And yes, they're riding them in the winter. Again, we believe that there's an opportunity every place in the country for e-bikes. And the dealers are seeing it. The consumers are calling. So we're super happy about the position we're in. Bill, where can we see these? Is there an online place where you can actually see and read more about this? Absolutely. So www.eblis.global. We are talking with Bill Clem, who is one of the developers of these third-generation e-bikes. We've been talking about what they are, what they can do, and apparently they're going to be debuting this week. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, we've seen them online and we've seen them in, in some places, but now we are now engaging auto dealers across the country, and we're looking forward to seeing them all this week at NADA. I wish I could come and try one out down there, but... Yeah, well, it's Las Vegas, but if you'd like to come, we'll save you a ticket. And thank you very much for the time. I very much enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much and uh, very interesting information. Thanks, Bill. Okay, have a great day. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. 
With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.